0: Well, so far, you've heard my voice, but then I brought two friends along. Next on the mic is my man, jerk Come on, Jer, sing that song. <laughs> David Tyler. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Hello, folks. You're very welcome along to what is now episode 10 of the Football Pod. Made it through the league, we've got through the qualifiers, we're now in the latter stages of the Ulster Championship, the Leinster Championship, we're in the Connacht Final and the Munster Final, that is where the podcast is at. Andy Moran, you haven't been dropped yet.
1: Hello, week 10, still Still here.
0: Hey Paddy. How are you lads, morning, what's the crack? What's the crack? So every week we have a bit of a chat and we we say, what are we going to talk about at the top? And uh, Mayo have tried, Mayo have tried to steal the top of the show this week, they had a COVID scandal last week. They had a penalty shootout last night. They were going to come back to in a few minutes. And then Dublin, another Dublin player has walked away. But we're not starting with any of that, lads. We are starting with the fact that we actually had a game of football worth talking about. Paddy Andrews, I ended up mm-hmm. watching the game with Andy the second half. You're going to admit it, Andy, you were shouting for Derry.
1: I, I, I wouldn't say I said, no to be fair to be fair to be fair. To be fair <laughs> he told no, me not
0: to say it he's no, cut up no, already look at him scrambling, scrambling.
1: Most here, to, Politician. But, to all my, my Donegal friends right McGuigal kicks the last point equaliser I I shout And McBrearty kicks the last point and Paddy you caught the photo I shouted for that as well so yes I was just intrigued by a competition a game uh, where we've seen a Michael Park absolutely damaged the game of Gaelic football on, on Sunday and to go across uh, the road with your good self and watch the watch the game and to see actually a competition where you have two of the best sharp <laughs> people in the country that are taking a shot that actually means something. That's what we're looking for and that's uh, that's why I got a bit excited. I was possibly wanted the the upset, but I probably wanted that for the pod so we could talk about it, you know?
0: <laughs> were you roaring at the screen, Paddy? Do uh, so
2: you know what? Very similar to what you guys are saying. It was the first game we had of football. I was actually sitting. I was excited. I genuinely was. It was. We kind of targeted this game ourselves on the pod. We, we once the national league finished, we were looking going right. Where was the first big game of the championship going to be? We, we thought we might get something out of Ross and Galway, and just the way that game panned out, the conditions and Ross kind of tactics. That was a non-event really. And to be fair, we were hoping that there you could carry her. They're very impressively forming the Valley Buffet. Michael Murphy being injured, probably even leveled it out even more. And it was, it was, it was a brilliant, brilliant game of football. It had everything you wanted in a proper championship game. Man-to-man battles around the pitch were, were top class. McMenamin on, um, on, on Shane McGuigan. Ryan McHugh was picking up McKinless. Connor Glass and Michael Langan, you know, two brilliant, brilliant players. Chrissy McKay got my priority, which we'll get to when we talk about the game in depth. But those type of proper championship battles, some unbelievable scores, lads, Jesus Christ, some of us, Kieran McFall kicking scores, Niall O'Donnell, some absolutely top class. The quality of the game was high class. The drama of the game, you know, McBrearty's point, and then Derry can they work a shot? Referee blows it up. It had everything you wanted from a championship game. And I'm just trying to think, not even just this season, when was there a game of that quality, of that intensity, with everything on the line, it's just I can hardly remember a game like that. So, it was the championship, Jesus Christ! It needed a game like that, yeah. And per- particularly after after the Castle Bar massacre beforehand. How you lads watched sat through that entire game? I watched the first ten minutes and ended up watching the Wimbledon final after that. And tune back in for uh, for Derry Donegal. And he's right. That just did absolutely nothing for, for Mayo, for Leitrim or for, or for the Gaelic Football Championship as a whole. So it was brilliant to finally see a really top class inter-county inter- championship game.
0: We are going to get into the structures on our Instagram uh, this week. There is a hell of a lot of questions in about what your thoughts are on the championship structures, lad. So we will get to that in a little while. But it was chalk and cheese, Andy, crossing the road from Castlebar over to the Movement Gym, which is where we watch the match. Going to get that in there because you haven't mentioned it in a while. What is this? This is like literally
2: a walking advertisement for this. Adam
0: man. Adam Sheehy wants I get to
2: know
0: in there. I can't, yeah. what, what's going on with the gym, but you haven't mentioned it in a couple of weeks. So look, we just oh, get no, that out of the way. I
1: enjoyed that. Who, who sent that one in? Adam Sheehy. Yeah, excellent, Adam. Well, look. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Three passes for Adam for the month of August. <laughs> but if, it was, it was absolutely Bro- chump Bro- Cheese. Bro- like, Castlebar
0: Mayo have the most passionate fans or in the country, you could say. They've travelled across the country. They're even going to travel in their droves to Crow Park next week, which is great that Mayo Galway is on in Crow Park in two weeks' time. They couldn't even sell out a Connacht Championship semi-final when 3,000 tickets are up for grab, Andy.
1: Yeah, and uh, like you'll go to our club game um, at the weekend and there'll be um, whatever amount you're allowed into it will be in it. Um but it was so disappointed. I think the biggest cheer of the whole game was when Colin Boyle came on in the second half uh, the fans just showed their appreciation to him but that it didn't didn't get up above a whimper in fairness to the Leiton fans they travelled a few hundred, like maybe a hundred of them travelled and tried to put it but it was just it's just so unfair and it's um, it's, it's uh, people want to see people love the game see and what happens is the conversation then starts is oh the game is ruined and the game isn't ruined the competition is ruined So if you go down to St. Bridges playing against uh, whoever is a good competitor, Clontarf, whoever you're playing, right? And it's a good tight game and Paddy's kicking for you, you go and watch that, right? But because it's competition, people want to see battles. Like if you go back to sport, ancient Rome, they want to go in and see a fight. Someone comes out, winner and loser. You don't want to go in and see a massacre. No one wants to see a massacre. And that's the problem at the minute. The game is fine. The game is actually okay. The competition is the one that's broken. And until we go and fix it, it's very handy for me now to see it, because when you're in there and you're playing like myself and Paddy were the last couple of years, it is actually hard to kind of view it because you just have to concentrate on the game. You have to to push on and you you just have to treat everyone with respect as Paddy was saying about the Wicklow's and the Wexford's and the preparation. When you step away from it and you actually see what happened, like I left Mikhail Park the last night with anxiety. Like I was a tiny bit like, it was it was ridiculous. Like it was absolutely insanely bad what happened. No good to lead from football. They don't get to feel that pace again for 12 months. And let to be honest with you, being a biased Mayo person, I left feeling sorry for Mayo. What else can James Warren do? He is a, a dreadful week with COVID, uh, prepares his team well, they go out and Tommy, we'd both admit they played really, really well. They moved the ball slickly. There was nothing really that you could pick out that Mayo could improve. What good is it to him? It's it, it literally. He can't judge any player on it. He can't say that. Now Darren McHale has scored one five against Sligo. He scored two one against Leitrim. An exceptional start to your championship career, right? But where does he sit? Like where does James Horn say? Right, I need my six best forwards here against against uh, Galway, and he literally doesn't know who them six are because literally the lads have not been challenged and that's why I think it's damaging the game I think the point you're making about the fans not being in like move people when was the last game they were at Movie, Kerry back March 2020 am I right was that probably, the last game probably
0: yeah probably yeah early I, March
1: I, I, I was at the game the us by a point um, that was the last game they were in now you have a, a, a county starving for football like absolutely starving but they're thinking we could miss the first half Tony Donegal v. Jerry here and that, they, they haven't become any less supporters and but they want to see a match they want to see a proper mm-hmm. battle and they did see that and thank God for those two Championship lads because it has kept us alive this year but we're down to a many the last 12 we'll be down to the last 8 after next week and we've literally seen one game we've seen one game of all and that's not good and if we don't see change now I don't think we'll, we'll ever see it you know.
2: But, but on that Andy th- that point I think that's if you're looking at, and I know we got about 30, 40 questions about the structures of the championship. The bottom line: twenty teams are out of the championship now. Their season's finished for them, for their supporters, um for the media coverage in those counties. Like that's well, that's, this year is, and there's been no year game. is a freak.
0: This year and last year is a freak. But we we do know that th- this doesn't matter in terms of the structures. Is a freak that there's a knockout championship, but these hammerings have been happening for years.
2: Yeah but well, it, 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 it's, it's look it's reached a tipping point Like there is when the special congress meet in November and, and across the board everyone realises this has to change the fact is you can like I say you know, 20 teams out of the championship and we're sitting here down to the final 12 and there has literally been one decent game and the others are absolute. Bar maybe awfully allowed was was a kind of an intriguing and exciting game. I'd say about 100 people saying that. It wasn't until you got about two minutes on the Sunday game. That's it. Like that is, the structure is well and truly broken and Sunday was just a classic contrast. It's like, what happened to Castle Bar? This is absolute nonsense. Across the board, Twitter was exploding and then an hour later we see, well, what happens when we get two competitive teams playing against each other? Andy's exactly right. The game is, is still there. Uh, and when it's played well and there's com- teams competing and there's some amazing scores, it's as good as anything to watch for, for players, for supporters, for the media, for everyone. But the contrast is there. You cannot have games like that going forward. It does no good for anyone involved in GA, for the winning team, for the losing team, for the media, for supporters, for everyone involved. So look, I, I think we it's inevitable. We will see change, which is the positive to take from this but what's gone on so far this summer has just been it's just been a hard hard watch for for everyone uh,
1: paddy i don't think it's inevitable every have change just because of the structure of the ja in general um, <laughs> and people looking after i suppose self-interest more than interest of the of the of the game itself and uh, try to protect her tradition and stuff like that which is very important let's not like yeah. dismiss it but at this point it's not the most important but tommy i'll just come back to your point I, I'd argue it's just not a freak and I, I'd argue going back about the hammerings. Okay, of course hammerings are always there. A is going to happen again but when a team is coming to a place like Casa and they literally have no chance and then they have no chance to progress for the next 12 months mm. th- that's a hammering without, a, without even a plan. What we've done over the last two and I think a big problem and I literally, lads, I genuinely don't have the solution here. I don't have anything close to the solution but I'll tell you what's not the solution. Over the last two years, we've driven the divide greater, right? With finance and with money and what the likes of the top-tier teams can produce in terms of looking after the players, medical, looking after the expenses. That divide has gotten massive over the last seven, eight years, okay? And that's where I'd encourage the GPA, okay, lads, you need to get involved here and really, really get strong on that point. But the other thing is, the, and I've said it over the last... We, I'm telling you now, Paddy Andrews said in week one, of the, week one of the pod and we agreed with him that division one is the place to be. The reason it's the place to be because the divide is getting too strong. It's getting too big. And what the structure of the league has done now has literally driven them teams on to an enormous level, right? Probably the highest level it's been in 15 years. So we have seven, no, we probably don't. We have probably five or six teams here playing at a level of football that we've rarely seen. Like top class stuff, really really competitive but then everybody else has fallen behind like I mean everybody else has falling behind because you literally can't get the competition levels if you did, like just to say okay all you good lads play against each other all you fellows who aren't so good you play against they can never catch that they can never catch them you'll have an outlier like Derry every now and then who gets probably their best player of a generation back from Australia to mm. play with them and turns them into a, a massive team overnight with a really good coach and a, a club like Slack Neil driving them, but you'll get that once every now and then. The rest of the teams are gone. How can Leitrim? We often hear the debate of uh, we often hear the debate of Dublin and the financial and the uh, socio-economic and people moving to Dublin and the population. Hmm. Right. you have a population of me you know, I don't know it all if I, do we have one hundred and fifty thousand. You have a population in, in Leitrim with twenty-three thousand. Right, there's a, like there's eight senior clubs in Leitrim. Like, how can they compete with Mayo anyway? And then you put everything in COVID, in COVID land involved in it, you produce a league that's and put Mayo into a Division 2 league and Dublin and these guys into a Division 1 league. Leeds from playing Division 4. Division Four, They have no chance of catching up. They have no chance of catching up. And that's why you're but, but
2: Andy, that, that's the, the point. Uh, and we said it, and the, the general consensus across the board. Teams need to play against teams that are competitive. They're at the same level. That's why the National League works. That's why that competition every single year produces. Great games, produces storylines. Division 1 teams are playing Division 1 teams. Division 2 teams are trying to catch up with them. And Division 3 and 4 teams, that's the the idea behind the Talton Cup, that these teams will play against each other. They'll start to improve. Look at what Antrim did this year, what Afli did this year. They have a bit of momentum behind them. That's how teams are going to improve. There is no point there was no point, and that's the issue with the championship. And we're talking about the provincial championships. later playing Mayo for the next ten years, they could play a hundred times. Mayo are going to win that game hundred times out of hundred. You know, you know that that's it's just not working. And that's what oh, i was surprised. Yeah. I was surprised, and I I, I hear you, Andy. And again, the ga is an unbelievably traditional organisation, and it's important to have that history and things like that. I get that, but the championship needs to change, and, and you're not going to please everyone. Uh, my own opinion I think I would say play the provincial championships on a standalone basis get rid of the McKenna Cup the FBD League the O'Burn Cup the McGrath Cup give the guys January off nobody no player wants to be training in the shit in the muck in January when it's minus 3 or 4 degrees let them come back in February there's your pre-season March is the designated month for the provincial championships and it's every Saturday night games are on on TV, have the crowds in. So you still have the provincial championships, but they're not linked to anything else. That, that, that's your games. April is your month, or is your pre-season, pre-championship month. Teams can play challenge games and things like that. And the championship starts in May, June, July, August. And you play it as there's 16 teams in the San Maguire, or 16 teams in the Talk Cup. And if the division one and two teams there, and it's a two groups of eight, teams will play seven championship matches through the summer. Every week, and they're competitive. There's relegation and promotion from the Tata Cup into the Sam Maguire Cup. Got the top four teams in, in Group A and Group B, and the, the Sam Maguire go into an All Ireland series, quarter final, semi finals, finals. The same with the Tata Cup. If you need to win those competitions, you're playing 10 championship games throughout the summer, big crowds on TV. They're competitive games. There's promotional relegation. There's targets for the smaller counties to try and get promoted and they're getting 10 games in the summertime. That's meaningful. Not one game where you're playing a, a Division 1 team and you're being absolutely obliterated and thanks lads, we'll see you in nine months' time for the next game. And looking at some of the debates, I was surprised, I was watching Sky on Saturday evening and Jimmy Guinness has done an amazing kind of, what he's done with Donegal and very influential figure in the game and he's talking about no, you can't get rid of the of because it devalues what what we did in the past. Like, come on, this is not about protecting what you got in the past or or other people, or it might devalue my provincial medals, my Leinster medals if, if it's not linked or, or or Ulster medals or things like that. This is not about looking back. This is about looking forward and trying to protect and consolidate the future of Gaelic football and the senior football championship because it is broken to a point where it has to change. And, and, and I get it. Maybe tradition to a point will suffer in the provincial championships if they're on a standalone basis. Does that make them as important as they have been over the last 125 years? Probably not. But at least they're, they're still there, they're still competitive, and it gives those, those local, local rivalries games, but it's not the main show in town. The, the, the senior football, the All Ireland Championship and the Felton Cup for these teams, that has to be the priority. And if you if you argue that you came into GAA now and you knew nothing about it, and you looked and go, is that a right structure? I would say this is arguably the worst structure that you'd look at. Someone could come in and go, How in God's name? do you run this as a competition? Hmm. I'd say that the current structure is as bad as it could possibly be, and yet somehow we're still tied to this. And to hear someone like like, like Jim talking about that, kind of, it devalues what we've done in the past, and, and like Fair Peter Canavan came in and goes, but it doesn't really. Yeah. Like, what we've won in the past, we've won, that's done. But, but this is about protecting the future of the game, and, and what's happening, and the trend, it's getting worse. It is getting worse each year. We need competitive games in the summer. We need championships play, teams playing games, May, June, July, August, the best weather with crowds, seven, eight, mm. nine, ten championship matches. Skip those bloody provincial cup competitions. Good. Yeah. Nobody to be, wants to play them. Go to, to be, them. To be fair to, to
0: McGuinness, and I've I've read his proposal his own proposals in the past. And now that's not up for debate in Congress. We propose a an A and proposal B. But McGinnis, what McGuinness wants mm. is for the provincials to be linked to the league, to be linked to the championship. Personally, I don't don't agree with that. I think the GEA are amazing when it comes to marketing something they want to market. Look what they did with the club championships. I know they had a a very smart sponsor there. They branded it as the toughest, right? I don't know if it's technically the toughest, but it made it appealing and people wanted to watch it. And the club game was actually growing in a lot of ways at a terrible time of the year. When you talk about the provincials and moving it to somewhere like March and you separate it, I think that needs to happen. But why don't you market it like the FA Cup? Lean on the tradition. Lean on the history. Look at the giant killings that are possible.
2: But, but t- tell scenario? me, tell me, tell me. Look at this. I'm tell- Last year, with COVID, the RTE started showing club championship games on Friday and Saturday night, mm. which they'd never done before. And because they were nearly forced to do it, and there's kind of right, there's no other sport down. The country is on its knees. Let's start showing club champ. And all of a sudden, you're looking at Twitter on a Friday and Saturday night, and club championship games are trending. They're getting huge in people watching it, and that is just. Because they've decided exactly what you're saying. We're going to market this. We're going to start showing these games. We're going to start getting on TV and prime time slots. If they want to do something, you're right. Like you can say the GAA can be backward in some ways or traditional. When they want to push something, they can absolutely push it. That's and that's thing. what I'm talking about. Why not do that? The chance? We're not scrapping them. but let's put them in a window where you get those local rivalries No those traditions. Look, there's probably still going to be beatings in it but it's not the end of the road for these counties. They know, on going into the Talent Cup and I'm going to have at least seven championship games down the road. You know? So yeah. the kind of, it's, you're know, it's you trying to find the best of both worlds. And that's the important thing. You are not going to please everyone. There's not a solution here where every single GA person turns around and goes, 100%, that's the right thing to do. If there was, we'd have bloody done it already. There's going to be sacrifice and that 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 has to be the way forward.
1: But Paddy, within our uh, organisation, the association, we have two structures there that you could model so you have the hurling structure which mm. is going quite well from all, by all accounts and you have the lady structure which is going quite well by all accounts do you know it's it's uh mm. and they play provincial championships and they play all that and they play, then they go in, you know, so they actually do it quite well it, it, it's there in terms of senior intermediate junior Um now again i i don't are you pro and kind of anywhere else? All I know is that it has to change. I, I have a deep kind of um problem, not not with anyone in Congress, because I I know a lot of people that's that's involved in it, but I have a deep problem with the way that's ran. It's not ran like a business, and when it's not ran like a business, I struggle to understand it when it's a voting structure. So that's what that that's why I don't know what is the solution.
0: Can I can I ask you a question? And Andy, I'll come to you on it first. So we were in Castle Bar, we were up in the press box, we were looking down. We watched after the game how the Mayo lads went and did sprints. They had a couple of lads in groups and huddles. They had a huddle afterwards. They were on the pitch for a long time. The Leitrim boys went straight into the dressing room. They went in there, heads hung. They'd been hammered, not the first time. Back in 2003, uh, Dublin had gone seven years without winning a Leinster title, 1995 to 2002. And the GEA and the government sat down, the GA mostly, and they decided that football needed to be fixed. In the capital. They needed to save it. Ireland had been in the World Cup in 2002. Rugby had gone professional. They were worried that they were going to lose Gaelic football. I think there is a severe responsibility on the GEA to look at the inter-county players in counties like Sligo and other counties like Leitrim that have shipped the hammer in over the last number of years and say, we have a responsibility to go in there and take over and implement structures and allow them to develop and improve. Like, when you're looking at the Leitrim lads going off the field, I know you mightn't have felt it when you were playing against them, but looking at them the last day, I could feel nothing but sympathy for them. And that's not being said in a patronising manner.
1: No, I was heartbroken myself, Tommy. I have to say, I like I, uh, I actually was talking to a guy over in the gym afterwards and he, he does a bit of work over there and he just comes in and I was giving out, like, you know, having me moan. like And he goes, he goes, what could me all have done any better? He thought I was giving out about me all. I wasn't giving out about me all. I was feeling so bad for Leitrim that this is where my kind of... Uh, my, I, I said, my own plan, brilliant. I said, they, they could do no more. I said, but uh, like my st- problem was with Leitrim. Now, I will say, I know myself personally, right, that in Sligo, there is, there is good structure in place. They have Lee, Mogue, uh, Lee Mogue there, have Ross Donovan, the Jews to play for Sligo, Charlie works at the, uh, the Connock Council. So there is structure there. I'm less sure about Leitrim. Uh, but the point is, is that in Dublin, they are a quarter of the population. What, what, what the JA did in Dublin was probably, was right. Was right because you need mm. a popular population. You can't just lose that population. No. Yeah. Of course. That was right. You probably should have stopped a bit earlier. But like that that's fine, right? Okay. But what I'm saying is no matter how much structures you put in to to Leitrim and Sligo and stuff like that, you still need somewhere to put them at a senior level. You go to a club game, you watch Melvin Gales against Manor Hamilton or something like that this year in Leitrim. That's going to be you'd go and you'd watch that because it'll finish fifteen fourteen. It'll be a tight game. You'd be able to talk about some good performances. The problem is when they get to senior level, seven seven players pull out of the Leitrim panel two weeks before the Mayo mm. Out of the 15 that played last year, nine only played, lads. So me and Paddy are here talking about the field, the, knowing what it feels like. To, the, the, the Wexford boys, I know did this, you were telling us something during the week, that some of them were already in the gym because now they know what it's like. Okay, But like if nine of the 15 from Leitrim do okay against me on last year, but only nine of them are playing this year, then you drink six more, and it's too much of a it's too much of a You don't have that much of a switch over in normal times in a Dublin setup, in a Kerry setup, in a Mayo setup. So when you're going down the levels, you're going down the levels, then 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 you're struggling. And I think you can see a massive um, difference in the physicality between the Leitrim players, um, uh, between the Leitrim players on the pitch, like Paddy Maguire and the rest, and you see Murphy for Sligo and the rest. So there's a massive depravity between their own players physically. Never mind the players of may owe to Leitrim do you know so I, my point is on, on going in uh, changing the uh, how much money you invest in Leitrim and stuff like that I don't think it's that simple Tommy I think mm. there's a lot mm. more things go on and I think the structures and what we're trying to do marketing these guys and making it really attractive for them play, to play at the top level that's nearly more important than any of that at this minute mm.
0: there are a couple of questions about it and we, we'll come back to it briefly later on but let's go back to Bally Buffet and Barry Donegal and uh, Paddy, D- Derry really looked like there was an upset being caused at a number of stages in the game. They went four clear in the first half, four clear in yeah. the second half. Let's talk about Michael Murphy coming on in the 48
2: minute. What were you thinking? Um, well, it had to happen because it was, it was now or never for Donegal. Um, and, and they were struggling. I, I felt like it wasn't surprising what Derry doing. Like, like we touched on, they unbelievably athletic. You could see their conditioning was far and above beyond anyone in in Division 3 in their games. They're really, really well coached. Yeah, and you could hear Rory Gallagher on the sideline. He was like Jurgen Klopp there, roaring for the entire game. I'd say he needed a lempsip on on Monday morning when he woke up. Um, You could see they had such a distinct game plan. They got their matchups absolutely spot on. We touched on it. We knew Chris McKay was going to absolutely hell and Paddy McBrady, and he did a phenomenal job despite how it ended up. Connor Glass was on Langan and um, Donegal to be fair recognised Gareth McKinless and the role he played in, in driving Derry forward they put Ryan McHugh on him so you could see Derry were so well prepared for that game and they hit the ground and Shane McGuigan got off to a quick start and they did. They they absolutely deserved to be in the lead like they did they went 7-3 up and Donegal kind of realised we're under pressure here there's no doubt Declan Bonner was hoping that they didn't need to use Michael Murphy they're playing this Sunday again against Tyrone, which again is another do or die and that's the, the challenge for Donegal I think they look back at the mistake they probably made was playing Murphy against down the first day when they absolutely did not need him you could see he came on and his, I can totally understand his presence he went straight forward, forward having him there he won a free he causes chaos for the dairy defence. They're like, Michael Murphy's on. We need to... Rogers go straight on to him. You can see the Derry defenders are starting to look around at him and a freeze-up space for the other guys, even though there is no way Michael Murphy was at his at his peak in that game. You could see that evidently, but even just his presence alone, it causes havoc for the other guys. Whereas I'm watching Langan or I'm watching Niall O'Donnell. Now I'm dropping off because Murphy's there and it's no coincidence that even though Murphy's not kicking the scores himself, Niall O'Donnell starts getting a bit of space around the top of the D to kick three or four points. So so that's the role he played despite not himself having the, the champagne moments or, 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 or the big score himself but his presence alone and that's that's what you get for being Michael Murphy and what he's done in the game but there's no doubt he's not he's not at his peak fitness and you're thinking they're playing in seven days time from that they're playing this Sunday against their own and that's another I think that's the game for the Ulster Championship I, uh, with no disrespect to, to, to Monaghan and Armagh who play on Saturday night. I think whoever wins that game and Ennis Gillen is, is going to go on and play Kerry and in an all Ireland semi-final.
1: I
0: don't know about that. I do.
2: and, um, Gee, you're, and, and you're,
1: you're good at the tips, Tommy, lately, all right? Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah but he was back at Leecham there at the weekend. Um, <laughs> oh, not far off. But, but, but no, I, I think Murphy's role, they had to bring him on because they were in serious trouble and you could see the thing I liked about Derry, on the flip side, in terms of our coaching, and we talk about this, Armagh are brilliant to watch under McGeany because they've such high intensity and they're runners from everywhere and they are the O'Neill brothers. And it's like it's, it's like watching the Harlem Globetrotters, it's an they, so all out attack from everywhere. They matched the balance of the team really well. That when it was on, they went. And they're bursting forward and McKinnellis and Connor Glass and these guys are going forward. But on the flip side, when they knew uh, it was going to be hard for Derry to keep that pace up they showed real maturity and that's coaching that like right, we're knackered here let's kill the game for two or three minutes so they could adapt to the pace of the game and it's funny obviously myself and Andy big soccer fans I listen to, to Pep Guardiola speaks about this a lot with Man City and his players and he's talking people are asking oh, Phil Foden oh, Phil Foden's unbelievable and Guardiola said. Like, yeah, he, he's good, but he needs to be able to control and change his tempo in a game. That's the next stage of his development, that it's not just all-out attack. You need to identify say, okay, where am I at in this game? Where are the team at in this game? Okay, we just need to keep the ball for two or three minutes. We see double do it all the time, but Derry doing that on Sunday, that was a really just, it showed there's a serious game plan here. There's total clarity in what they're trying to do. And I think, it easily could have went their way. They've just, just, just fallen short. But the progress they've made, the coaching, the game plan, it was nearly enough. And you're right, Murphy's introduction probably just caused that little bit of havoc, freeze up the space for a couple of other guys to shine. And ultimately, even though he's not the direct scorer, he's a key guy in getting Donegal over the line. And it's a big win for Donegal. It's not, I don't think it's that Donegal underperformed. And they were really poor. I thought Donegal played well. They were just up against a really, really good side.
1: Yeah, and without their, I think Paddy's nailed it, without their best player. And like we were, the three of us were here last week. We, we, we said, this is the game. This is the chance. Mm. Uh, I think Mohan came out after the, the Offaly-Derry game and said, listen, them boys are streets ahead of everybody else. Fair play to them, well done. And then Offaly didn't go and compete really well against Kildare for a long period of that game mm. and it just so that the Derry form was real it wasn't just going in off uh, the back of Manton. but on the Murphy thing he sets up Paul Brennan for his point um, but the, the, the point uh, and what, what Paddy is saying just to, to delve into it a bit more is the freedom it gives the other players when you walk into that gym uh, the last day Tommy I, I actually mentioned Ryan to you. he literally wasn't in the game. Bang, Murphy comes on. He wins the vital free for Murphy to sip it over the bear. McBrearty's not in the game. Now, showed a bit of leadership in the first half where he he, he set up two direct assists just in the first half for Langan and Brennan, which was was really important scores just before halftime. But I am telling you now, Paddy knows it from playing with the likes of Brogan and playing with the likes of Khan and these guys. These guys take attention away from you. So fellas, fellas like myself and himself could perform a tiny bit better because we had a half yard. So the, the second man, the fellow that was marking his man and maybe half marking you at the same time, all his attention now has gone to Murphy. All his attention has gone to Murphy. It spooked them. It shouldn't have, but they're Division 3 They're getting tired. It spooked them a tiny bit. They're standing out. like Murphy's standing out at his own 45 and someone is standing and looking at him. And now all of a sudden, Macbriarty does the cut. We know he's going to cut. McKay is five yards away from him. He just gets enough space and he kicks the screamer and he gets a nice <laughs> soft free just before it and then he kicks the screamer. Sorry, Paddy, go on.
2: Just, just on that, Andy, if you listen to this, there's 66 minutes on the clock and you can hear Rory Gallagher absolute dear, Tony Gallagher passing the ball over and back across the pitch and Rory Gallagher is screaming. Man, Mark Murphy. Man, Mark McBrearty. Man, Mark Langan. that's the only thing he's wrong Mark Murphy Mark Langham, Mark McBride he has designated guys and we touched on this when we were talking about Galway's deficiencies against Monaghan in the the relegation game in the league that everyone in that stadium knows Monaghan are trying to get the ball to Conor McManus all you have to do as a a Galway defender and smart coaching and smart players are like we need to take out the key guys here Jack McCarrick and Goal, we kind of slip up, they let McManus get it, he wins a free, kicks the throw himself. McCarron does it in extra time. Rory Gallagher knows this. He's a smart coach and he's roaring, pick those guys up. And they do it. But it just highlights the fact that there's a guy when Murphy's not on the pitch, that's an extra sweep. That's potentially a guy who doubles up on McBrearty and stops him coming in onto his left foot. Every is like Aaron Robin. Everyone knows he's coming back onto his <laughs> left foot, but they can't stop it. Yeah. Phenomenal score. But it just shows the mindset and by Murphy just being there, he takes someone else. I made a career out of this playing with Bernard Brogan or Dean Rock. It does, it frees up the space for someone else. And, and, and ultimately, even though, like I say, Murphy didn't get the headline scores himself, he causes havoc there in the Derry defence. And, and ultimately, that's that's the difference between them. But 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 you were talking to me before the show, we were saying, "She's what's wrong? What's not clicking with Donegal? I don't agree with that. I think Donegal played well. And the key thing I take away, Michael Langan kicks three points, mm. three brilliant scores. Caleb McGonagall kicks two massive points from midfield just after halftime. Niall O'Donnell, 23 years of age. Couple of ropey shots in the first half. It wasn't really happening for him, but he stands up and kicks three massive scores in the second half at key times, gets mad at a match. I look at all of that as a positive for Donegal that I can see Murphy's their leader. There's no two ways about it. He's their best player, he's the most influential player. But the boys rolled up their sleeves and go, he's not here today. And if he is, it's a bonus but we need to drag ourselves through this game. There were four points down in the first half. There were four points down in the second half. And it's McBrady's being tied up by Chrissy McCaig. Ryan McHugh was tied up with McKinless. And they're thinking, this is the holy trinity for Donegal. One's not on the pitch and the other two boys are not. They're not at their best. But other younger players stood up for Declan Bonner. That is a huge plus that should not be missed in, in what Donegal have done. So I, I don't agree that Donegal were poor can they play better absolutely they're not at their peak but I thought that was a really tough championship game to win yeah. and those younger boys coming through and kicking those scores if you're a Nile O'Donnell there you're thinking I can't wait to play Toronto if you're a yeah. Caleb O'Donnell, I can't wait to play Toronto they're on top of the ground they get Murphy Murphy will be on the pitch and swing. by hook or by crook he'll be on the pitch whether it be right you think I, 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 I look 20, 20 it's, what, it's what you guy, give, me, give
0: me a number what, how long do you think you'll get
2: I think they'll probably start them, to be honest. Mm-hmm. They, they'll do whatever they can to get them on the pitch because it, it, this is essentially the season on the line. If you look at this game for, for, for Dewar and Logan, for Tyrone and for Declan Bonner after last year's shambles of losing the Cavendish and the Ulster final, this makes or breaks both their seats. If Tyrone win, I think they'll win the Ulster Championship to get to an all Ireland semi-final. And that's a really, really positive first year for Logan and Dewar. On the flip side, if Donegal win, I think they win the Ulster Championship, they get to an all and semi and they, they, they play a big game against Kerry. That's Declan Bonner's progress. On a, but if one of them loses, whoever loses on Sunday, it's like, out of the Ulster semi-final, season's over. That is a bad year. Yeah, I,
1: I would disagree with that, Paddy. I, I think if... I'd, no, I would actually agree with what you're saying in terms of the importance of the game, in terms of Declan Bonner's season and Dewar's season. And... But, to be honest, word for word, I would say the exact same thing to you. It's it's catastrophic for Donny and Dickie Bonner and Stephen Ratchard and them guys if they lose. Yeah. And for Doer, it's it's definitely the first season. But with Murphy, Donegal have to have one eye still. Um, their, their aim cannot be just to win an Ulster title. And if they played Murphy the next day, he's gone. Like like, there's no way. I think he'll do really well to play 2025. Um, I think that'll be his influence on the game. Um. I think Tyrone will target him. I, I do think Derry, when he came on, were tired and the tiny bit got spooked by Murphy and the left. Mm. I'd say it's driving Rory Galler mental because even for Nilo O'Donnell's point, Conor Glass is stepping a step back instead of a step and a step forward because he's thinking about Murphy behind him instead of thinking about Nilo O'Donnell. So those little things like that, that, that change. But Murphy, for me, is the catalyst for everything good, Donegal. Um, and I don't think he'll start against Tyrone. And when you move on to that game and you, you, you look at it, Jerry had I think had five goal chances That's and the not, not half goal chances like Paddy is mm. right I think Goal are playing quite well I think the leadership by McPriarty to set up two and he's still in the first half the kicks by Langan the kicks by Jamie Brennan the kicks by Nylon Donald McGonagall they're, they're excellent and they are fellas playing well but over and over again we've honoured about the deficiencies of the Donegal defence and inside literally three minutes of that game they get inside uh, McManaman twice Joe, yeah, uh, I would hand pass uh, uh, wide from McGuigan right at the start. Karen has a couple, couple
2: of goal in the second half, half as well. well.
1: Joe, and I'm saying it, it is really crazy. Even when the big midfielder kicks the one over to put them four up in the second half, he's on the 13 yard line, very yeah. And like to me, that is a huge deficiency. And I told Rory Gallagher played it superbly for. He knows Donegal so well. They're going to block up that centre channel. So if you see the first four or five scores, they're all down the right channel at pace. You can picture them. Conor Glasses, McGuigan. McFall, McFall, McFall kicks straight Spectacular. Yeah. Three. Each point was better than the next.
2: Jesus Outrage. Christ. What scores. Like
1: you're yeah. on about back doors, Paddy, and go back to the structures. Like, Jesus, wouldn't you love to see him play it again? Jesus. Like, yeah. yeah. I dare you, we're brilliant. Yeah. We're, we're brilliant. So like, to me, you're Dewar and your Logan and you're Peter Donnelly and you're these guys looking at this game. And Rory Gallagher has literally given them the blueprint of how to go and win it. Now, do they have as good as Man Markers McCaig? No. Do they have as good as Man Markers Rogers? But you put a plan in place where mm-hmm. you, you really take out the Donegal top men because missing, you're going to get goal chances on the other side.
0: They're missing Rona McNamee as well after getting sent off for the weekend unless he appeals it and, and gets that off but uh... Sean Campbell's
2: doing his best to get him off anyway <laughs> <laughs> just on just,
0: I just, just, I just on the just, can can I I question, performance, can, can I ask can I, a question or you go first you go first,
2: you I, go first. I'll ask a question to add yeah. because there's a lot of consternation about this the last play for Derry 76 minutes on the clock to be fair I think Caldrick gives them time he gives them two minutes it's still harsh because it's their season on the line I thought Caldrick would let them at least get a shot off? Do you think there were shots think, on him? Some people are saying there is. I have my own thoughts yeah, on it. Some people say that they could have had six or seven chances. It, you, you would have it, taken the shot, would you?
1: It's a great question. I think you're lining me up. I'd have been off at be 76 minutes. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, <it's> fair enough. <laughs> but the... the um, I think when it gets to Connor Glass, he's just after having a terrific game, great game with Langan, he still looks like he's got a bit of juice in the legs. I think if Conor straight in the line there, try to win a free or kick it over the barrier so mm. that's what I'm thinking my biggest problem with it Paddy was not that they didn't take the shot as such because if you're not comfortable taking the shot you shouldn't is that no one straightened that line to win, to bring it yeah. into traffic to lay it back for McGuigan coming around the shoulder or something it was just they held the ball so well but I honestly think they have held it on to the ball if we were still talking about it now on Wednesday <laughs> it, it, it's you know what I'm saying so like Goldrick gave them a minute and a half over um I, you would like you would probably expect someone to have a lash at it. It's probably good discipline that they don't. But then when Conor Glass, I, I think someone should have taken the shot to answer your question. But I think yeah. when Conor Glass, a guy that like is, is his power like ah uh, he's obviously just a he's he's a brilliant mm. footballer. And geez, I'd love to see him in Crow Park playing against some of the top teams in a Super Eight game or something like that. It'd be just great to watch. But straighten the line there. Let Mcguigan come on the loop around you. Joe, kick it, get it closer for Paulie Cassidy. Maybe to come around in the loop mm. and have a have a wild one or something. But you have to create a shot in some way.
2: Yeah, and I, I, I looked at the equaliser the minute before. It's McKinless gets a he goes at Murphy because he knows Murphy's probably not right, and Murphy ends up fouling him, and McGuigan kicks the score. And you think right, we're extra time, and I think Brady was his thing. I personally, I think at best there was maybe two opportunities, but they were. If you're talking, we're talking about shot efficiency here. There were probably two or three out of 10. Like but the, but the, the time no, is, there's definitely not, si- and someone was have- saying there's six shots. No, chance. They actually work at the, and Tommy, you were asking, I was shouting at the TV at this stage. I have to say, I was like, I want, I want it there. You know, Rory Gallagher, well, I was like, and i was so harsh that, that the played so well. At least get the extra time. So it's was like, get the ball to McGuigan, is what I'm shouting. They actually get it to him. But it was there was he, had, he, he was going to be blocked. Two he men was going to be blocked. That, yeah. So that was definitely not a shot. I get Connor Glass's thing, but you're right. He's probably thinking if I go into contact here, there's only got 15 guys. Of 40, I'm going to turn it over. In a way, it's smart play that they we're going to keep the ball. We're going to work a shot. But time was absolutely of the essence. I think at best, like Paddy Cassidy gets it. He's 40 yards out on the wrong side. Mm. There's a window for him to take that shot. And I think that was as good as it got. And, and I'm thinking, if you're a podcaster, you're going, I'm going back here. I'm, I take this shot. I've got a two, three out of 10 chance. If it goes over, put it that way, if it goes over, it's one of the greatest scores of the, the whole season. He doesn't take the shot. They work it back around. And you're right. It's, you're kind of, the drawback for Derry is saying somebody needed to take responsibility. You look on the flip side and the players can say, well, hold on, we're not taking a crazy shot here because our season's on the line. And I, I think, well, I've seen people having to go with Calder. I thought Calder was great. Ah, he had to he, blow it he, up. He, he, he gave them time, and and a weaker ref might have actually said, yeah. "I'm gonna let them work a shot for yeah. another two or three minutes." And then if you're a Donny you Gall or Declan Murray, go, you're a deck, you're going, "Holy shit, you've had it on five extra minutes." Yeah. And so I thought Calder was right. I thought they were right to a point. They just needed someone, like you say, to take a little bit of responsibility and try and break the line. But that's. Look, it was always, it was high risk because it was the last minute of the game. But, but I don't think there was there was an open shot there that like that's an easy score. I think
0: Andy's right. Glass glass had to had to break that tackle. There was two men bearing down him. He had to go for that, I think. I think he but, had
2: but on the on I'm defending here. Yeah. He's looking down the center channel with Donegal. He knows that's where all the defenders are. Yeah, he carries that ball into contact. Probably it's three or yeah. four Donegal is gonna wrap him up. So and, it's just it's a tricky one, and it's just it's a heartbreaking way for the hell dare had played. That, that they just didn't get to at least pull the trigger on it it was just it was harsh and
1: one of the most frustrating things of playing against G Paddy over the years was just before half time just before the it, it, at the end of the game you would actually hold the ball for a minute minute and a half two minutes you'd actually count <laughs> down the clock to make sure that you get the last play so mm. even like like it's to say right no matter what happens here if someone misses it they miss it but just make sure that they don't get another play up the field and the big advantage you have in Crow Park lads is that you can actually look at the clock and you can actually, yeah, and exactly. Action. And if you're not on the ball, and you're Kieran Kilkenny there, or you're you're um, you're a Scully or whoever the playmaker is at the time. They can look at the clock and they can say, right, ten seconds, twenty seconds, 30... 30- in Bally Buffet, I don't know was there a screen there, but I'd say you, you can't see that, so you're playing. <laughs>
2: There's not a screen in Bally Buffet.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. And if <laughs> if, if it was, yeah, hey, some writing
2: on a piece of paper. Yeah, with,
1: with Dunny Gall up, I'd say that it turned off, and even if it was, but yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, I, I'm beside Tommy at the time, and I'm, just, I, I'm saying, if I'm Declan to here, I am going mad when it's a minute and a half over. So I don't mm. think the Goldrick thing. As you said, a weaker ref could let it run for five and a weaker ref could have blew it straight at six six minutes, yeah. whatever it was, five minutes. So e- either way, I don't think Goldrick is, is, is yeah. in the debate at all.
0: So we saw McPherty hit the buzzer, Peter. We know that in, on any given day. Murphy is an option there as well. We saw Monaghan get McManus and McCarron there for their clutch shots at the end. With Dublin, take your pick. It's probably Rock or Kilkenny, whoever's about. In Tyrone, Dar McCurry. That's the man you're trying to find. In the last minute, Andy... We've seen Killian O'Connor pop up and, and land an equaliser in the dying moments. He's not there at the moment. Who are Mayo looking to find in two weeks' time if Galway are a point up in injury time?
1: See, that's the problem um, with 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 the with the and like linking in the conversations. That's the problem with not having a challenge um, at the minute. Uh, even in I suppose the Clare game, the Down game, the Mead game, and the West Mead game, that wasn't there as well. Uh, because we won by four or five, maybe up to 10 points in all them games. So it was, um, that's a tricky one. Uh, I don't think, a uh, Rhino Donahue for instance, who's an outrageously talented little player, right? But he's a ball winner, playmaker, mover. Joe, that, that's him. Uh, Tommy Conroy is a guy for pace. Um, so who's that guy to set in the pocket? If I'm being honest, in, in own, it's probably Paddy. It's probably Paddy Durkin. You're probably looking at Paddy Durkin mm. coming on the loop uh, getting getting that score from, from a wing-back position and that's probably who you're looking at at the minute but we don't know because the pressure hasn't been on who is it's, it's like the penalties in, in, uh, in for England Like it's alright being able to take them at, 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 in training and to be able to go for that shot in training but who is the guy with the real mentality at that time like a McBrearty, McKay killing him killing him he did like, he, like I know yeah. like, like two or three assists you just imagine how frustrating that was for Paddy McBrearty. And then in the last minute, 35, 40. Some people just have that psychological thing where they can just focus in. This is my time. I'll take the shot. If I miss it, I can deal with the repercussions. That's a different mentality. And our problem with O, through no fault of James Horns, the players, anyone, is we literally haven't got that challenge yet. So we don't know. That's
0: interesting. We'll wait and see. If that that moment arrives, we'll see who's there. Let's talk to our own Cavan. you mentioned predictions earlier on, Andy. I, I may have put my neck on the line on Friday well, you, morning. You
1: went with the form, Tommy. You went with the form. Uh, 25 definitely minutes definitely, in, it was looking good, Definitely Tom. didn't I'd go with the form.
0: It. No, I just thought there might be something there. But but to be fair, Tyrone blew them away in the second half. Um, Calvin couldn't live with them when it got to the second half. And I thought that they may have had a maybe a sniff at a goal in the first half. And if they had t- taken that, maybe they were getting a bit of belief. But like Tyrone, talk to me about the Tyrone performance here, Paddy.
2: I watched this game closely because I wanted to see what, what, where we're thrown at after the, the massacre they had in Clarnia at the end of the National League. I thought it was, without a doubt, their most impressive thing. And the thing that impressed me most was the balance of the team. And we touched on this for new coaches and for talking about styles of play and things like that. There was, without a doubt, a little drawback to Mickey Hart's days. They were certainly more organised in defence.
0: Mickey definitely and, thought that anyway. Did he? Yeah, on BBC, he, he certainly thought that they had a, there'd been a massive change, as we all know, from the, the start of the league to now. So
2: yeah. uh, uh, On the point, that was the impressive team, I have to say. They, there were stages in that game, particularly in the first half, where Tyrone had 12 guys back inside Tyrone 45. But the change was they left Matty Donnelly, Paul Donnelly and Darren McCurry up the pitch. And they're saying to Darren McCurry, like Darren, you are useless coming back into our half, there's no point in you being there. But under Mickey Hart and, and, and previous kind of regimes, the forwards are expected to get back there. And we touched on this with Common two weeks ago. Roscommon bringing back He's Smith and the Mert has back into their thrown half back line. They end up doing more damage than good, it takes away, they've no energy going attacking them and when they're up the pitch, and they end up losing markers. And God, we get a goal out of it. So, Tyrone for them to go, there's 12 guys here. Sludden, Richie Donnelly, Connor Moyle, or Kieran McGeary, they are good at that. They are transition players. That is what they're really, really good at. And, and Logan and Dewar have identified that and go, well, who are the players that this suits? So you 12 guys, you go back. You're used to that style of play and it makes us more solid in defence. It makes us harder to play against. But you three boys: Donnelly, uh, Maddie Donnelly, Paul Donnelly, Stonewall, Eustace going back to his own goal, that's fine. What he does as a player is attacking and his accuracy and scores. And Darren McCurry, Darren McCurry has not changed a thing in his game. He's not doing anything different now than he's done for the last eight, nine years. What, he's did, what has changed is being allowed to stay. He doesn't leave the 21 in either half. And when the ball comes in, he's just full of energy. Like it, it reminds me, Andy, I have to say, used to this with, with Mayo. I looking at Andy he one player here the year. He was getting about 30 possessions around the 21 and it was like all his energy when he had the ball he scored and I said like, Jesus Christ I'd love to just stay there and I have to run back uh, but it's playing to his strengths and if Andy got the ball or like McCurry now you see when he has the ball he's just full of beans his confidence is high because he knows the coaches believe in him and they're letting him stay up the pitch and that's the difference and that was the balance that Tyrone found on Saturday night you're actually guys something very similar what Kerry are doing by the way and we'll talk about Kerry but the other 12 guys come back there's a play in the 33rd minute where this happens exactly, Kavan are out of gas, right? So, so as good as, as, as Tyrone where 25 minutes into the game, Kavan are seven points to six up. And they're, they're breaching that Tyrone blanket defence. There's 12 guys there and Cavan have energy. They have speed. They have angled runs. They're getting Garold McKe- They turn Tyrone over and they're breaking a pace. They get it to Garode McEarney. He's kicking scores from everywhere. And they're taking 25 minutes in. Jesus, this is what we're waiting for from the reigning Ulster champions all season. And they're punching holes in that Tyrone defence. The next 20 minutes, they're outscored 1-6 to no score. They absolutely just run out of gas. Conditioning, it was clear and obvious. They just couldn't break down the defense. And what happens, and we're talking about this in, in kind of analysis of it, Cavs start taking bad options. They start forcing shots, they start dropping balls. And they're kind of thinking, well, is that poor execution of their skills? Or is it because they're tired? It's because they're tired. Before that for 25 minutes they were really sharp they were kicking scores they just run out of gas and all of a sudden they're playing against that 12-man thrown defence to break down a blanket defence and we'll talk about what Kerry did against Tipperary in a few minutes but you need energy you need pace if you don't have that the the 12 guys they're not being challenged there's no probing going on and then you start taking these bad shots because you're thinking, I'm so tired, I've nothing else on. And that's where Cavan just ran out of gas. And over the next 20 minutes, from a really, really strong position, playing really well, they're, they're challenging Morgan's kickouts, they're in the lead, 1-6 to no score. The game's over. And that's Theron. You look at a play in the 33rd minute, if you're watching it back, Richie Donnelly gets a diving block. They've 12 guys behind the ball, Tyrone Cavan, you can just see, they run out of ideas. The guys receiving the ball are standing still. They have no energy. they can't do anything, someone takes a shot. Richie Donnelly blocks it, throw, go up and kick a score. And that was that, that 20 minute period, the game was over now. And that was just Kevin, Ulster champions, terrible season, conditioning wise. You, you cannot run out of gas. If you're serious about being a competitive team, the provincial champions, and trying to beat Throne, after 25 minutes, you're sitting there with your hands on your knees. What does that say about where the players working hard enough? Did Mickey Ryan have them ready to play that game? Only those guys will know that. But I'll tell you one thing John Mon, the Offaly players weren't out on their feet when they're chasing Claire. And the game, these Antrim players weren't out on their feet when they're trying to beat Armagh. Armagh, you'll see this weekend against Monham. The responsibility has to come back onto the players that if you're running out of gas 25 minutes into a the game, there are serious question marks. But that, that was the, the problem for Calvin, but the plus side for Tyrone, and very interesting for this weekend. It's going to be a brilliant game. They look to have found that balance a little bit of Mickey Hearts to be fair, and they made them more solid to be, but they're letting their key guys stay up the pitch, and look, McCurry's he's benefiting from it.
0: Andy, yeah. what yeah. way are you leaning for Toronto Dunie goal after watching both games at the weekend?
1: Yeah, just one thing on on, on Paddy's thing, um, and it was it was evident for me Richie Donnelly kicking the ball. Do you know, Richie and like Paddy, I think is nailed the analysis there, but Richie Donnelly kicking the ball, there's a score there where he, it emphasises the two things that Paddy's saying where McCurry's inside the 13, he goes left towards the sideline, comes back into the middle. Ah, lads. That is- beautiful pass, ah, lads. beautiful score. And it looks so easy. Oh, it's dream- he, it's McCurry dream- has that
2: energy. If he yeah. spent the last 10 minutes running back, chasing, just trying to take a box, he's not, he'd, be, he'd be knackered. He'd be standing out in the corner he doesn't want the ball. Whereas Toronto have identified, they're like, right, Myler, that's your job. You do that well. Niall Sluden, you do that well. McGeary, you do that well. You do all the donkey work. You do that. Let the key guys, and you can see what Peter Keane is doing with Kerry. Mm. Let, let Clifford Jones. You just stay there. you're worth was that you can. You might say is that being lazy? It's not. There's there's other guys. There's certain guys who are your absolute stars. They're shooters, and there's other guys that do the donkey work. Yeah. And Toronto landed on that balance. I felt on Saturday for the first time this season where their their house is in order at the back, but they're letting their key guys uh, kick scores. And then Colin McShane coming back probably didn't look as Bit, but look, it's his first game back. And so it work, I, think yeah. he'll probably, I think he'll play instead of Donaghy on, on Sunday. I think Paul Donaghy is, for as good as he is and as accurate as he is, I, 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 would I, kill him. I think he's finding it challenging now in terms of the pace yeah. and winning his own ball and stuff like that. But, but that was the impressive
1: thing. Yeah. But just on that, Patty, just McCurry last year would have been playing at 12. Richie Donnelly would have the ball. McCurry would be taking the ball on him off the loop mm. and he'd be kicking it back 30 yards. And then it's, <laughs> so I think it's a really good way to emphasise your uh, uh, what you're saying. The structure, Paddy, I think is really strong. If the likes of Richie Donnelly kicking the ball, I would have said one of Richie's biggest weaknesses was his kicking. But like that, that kick pass is like top level kick pass. And McCurry close to goal, full of energy, is brilliant. For the game on Sunday, I think there's a few really interesting. things. Obviously the Murphy, the Murphy thing is class. I think in the four Ulster games, I think the goalkeepers are going to be unbelievably important. Like, you have Patton against Morgan, right? Patton against Morgan and you have Begging against um, Blaine Hughes. The weakest kicker out of them four, not the weakest keeper by any stretch, but the weakest kicker out of them four is Blaine, right? Armand's keeper, he's the, he's the, he's the weakest kicker out of them four. So, Monaghan are going to press so high up the field there to analyse that kick out. Armand probably can't because Began will kick it out over. But I'm very interested to see what Gall and Tyrone do in terms of Pushing the kick out in between um, stepping back making sure Patton doesn't kick it out over Tyrone. Does it make Tyrone a bit more defensive if they stand back a bit more and give them, the, give them the short kick out? There's so many things where the keepers are going to decide. And with Morgan and Patton, they can both kick long. They can both kick short. They're prone to a little mistake every now and then. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you, Lance, this is, this is, it's a great game. Um, the Murphy thing makes it more interesting. The likes of uh, Macbriarty is going to get more space. The likes of McCurry, can he get a few goals? Can he stick a few in the onion bag? The likes of Niles Slutton coming into a bit of form, McShane coming back. It's such an exciting game, lads. It really is such an exciting game. And whoever can shore up that centre, get more return off the goalkeeper, and whoever can score goals, in my view, wins the game. You know, I fancy Tyrone. I've backed them to the hilt now. So, as I said last week, I'm down the rabbit hole. I still back them. Um, <laughs> I, 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 think, I think they've enough. Um, I think they've enough to do it. I think they, they'll score a few goals to 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 get to the better side of Donegal But let's just wait and see. It's just a great game to look forward to. Yeah. I yes. said Donny
2: Gall from, from day one, and I'm going to stick with it even without Murphy. In it. I just think a big thing, Ronan McNamee's red card, massive, is as so innocuous as it is. I don't think he's going to get off despite the <laughs> best efforts of of his comrades. I and what that does is he, he's their man marker He's the man that's probably gonna mark McBrearty. So that then does Hampsy go back on McBrearty then and then because Hamsey usually man marks Michael Murphy in these games. So losing that key guy, we're talking it frees up space for someone else. And now Tyrone are looking at going. We hadn't really thought about mad marking Niall O'Donnell, but geez, if he carries that form and he needs watching. And then on the flip side, you're thinking Steve seems is the man marker for, for Donegal. So he's gonna pick up McCurry. Whereas all of a sudden, if I'm uh, doing a and lonely, I'm going to start Colin, uh, Colin McShane because that means he's on McGee. And uh, I, I would tip that favour in, in Tyrone's favour if McShane is fit and ready to go. Whereas if McShane doesn't play, I think McGee would actually do well on Paul Donaghy. I think he mentally just dock him out of the game. So, so the matchups alone, we're talking about the goalkeepers. You've got three of the best goalkeepers in Cluxton <laughs> in the country, three of them are playing at the weekend. That's going to be interesting. The injuries, the team selections, the matchups are going to be so, so crucial for the coaches. And, Jesus, lads, we might have two weekends in a row with good championship games. Imagine that. Yeah. My well, head's exploded by a pod 11. Oh, but, stop. But I
1: think, lads, if they can get McCurry one on one with uh, McMenum, I think McMahon was really struggling um, yeah. in the game. I know he did okay on McGuigan, but he might double back. They had chances during the little turns you can see the pace McCurry's playing at top of the ground I think he'll struggle and I think the fact that it's not in Bally Buffet uh, I think it's in Brewster, Brewster
0: Park Brewster Park, yeah.
1: in Brewster Park I think that will I think that will favour in uh, inside of Tyrone but again I'm down the rabbit hole so I'm probably not the best fella to follow <laughs> for, uh, Mc,
0: McGuigan just, just to the point you're making about McCurry there was multiple times McGuigan was back in defence for Derry at the weekend there was multiple times he collected the ball in his own 13 and in the last minute of the game he wasn't able to work that space or that that movement to even get into the so maybe he was gassed by that stage. Um,
1: but you tell me on that? I think it's important to say it because we don't want just forwards if they're they listening to young aspiring forwards just standing up on the thirteen yard line not doing nothing. Uh, mm-hmm. What Paddy is saying there is the majority of the time McCurry lets his man off. Now every now and then, if he yeah. has nobody to hand that man off to. Like mm. If, if um, who are we on about, if one of the lads aren't there uh, to hand, Myler them, or McCurry, yeah, yeah. Myler Sorry, that's what I was thinking. Of. If Miler isn't there, so he can hand his man off to. He has yeah. to. He has to go to. The 60s uh, the
0: I can picture yeah. a moment that he is back defending McCurry at the weekend. I, I, I know. I know what you're saying. Yeah, and even Clifford at the weekend. Clifford oh, is diving oh, oh. to make. Blocks. Tommy, that, that's the
2: key point, to Claire. I'm not saying uh, we yep. played this with Dublin. Mm. Never a case where you're being a lazy job no. and you're standing there. But it's what it what it is. It's that balance. That's, this takes time. It takes work on the training pitch. It takes the coaches to understand that Darren McCurry, look, there is inevitably there's going to be times where the boys are tied up and your man goes and you have to go. But it's not just a default. I'm just running back every single time. Because mm. uh, in our experience with Dublin, teams use that against us. Where the, the Donegal particularly knew our forwards would track back. So yes, like, Anthony Thompson running up the side. Oh, nightmare. And he is not looking for the ball look, no. Paddy McGrath, he is not looking, for, he's literally running on the sideline, nearly knocks over Jim Gavin, he's running by, and he's run, he's not even looking for the ball, and I'm going, I know what this fucker is doing, and I have to run back, 120 yards back, and he's running away from the ball, but I, if I don't go back, that was, our, that was our game plan, that we had to track back, You're, you couldn't let runners off, so teams started using it against us, whereas what I'm saying with, with, with Tyrone is they found a balance there. That's work on the training pitch, the training sessions they're doing, the conversations they're having and it takes time for new coaches to do that but you can definitely see that. Curry, nine times out of ten, we don't want you coming back to make up numbers. We've seen how bad that was for Ross Cabin when you had forwards looking around going, wait, I'm back on my own 45. What the fuck do I do now? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Keeping McCurry up the pitch, that allows him allows him to shine you're playing to your player strengths key thing for us and
0: boy did he shine those scores were just absolutely outrageous we'll come to our score of the week in a wee while we're an hour into the episode 10 of the football pod if you're listening in thanks very much if you haven't subscribed yet hit that subscribe button it's right beside you whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple or the OTB Sports app which is the first place you can get the podcast every week you can get it in the OTV GA stream with all of the rest of the GA across off the ball or you can just get it on the football pod with Paddy and Andy if all you want to listen to is Paddy Andrews and Andy Moran. We're going to move on briefly, lads. We're going to come to the Leinster semi-finals really briefly in about 10 minutes' time. We're going to chat through some of the Instagram questions that have been sent in. But Paddy Andrews, you've told us earlier in the week that you think you've nailed the Kerry game plan. you figured out what Peter Keen is doing. <laughs> Tell us. Lay it all out for us here. What are Kerry doing? Geez.
2: No, I... I, I Again, Kerry Tipperary was in another game. 100 120 over 100 Kerry are winning that match, and look, it wasn't a great spectacle as as we expected. Kerry did their job, and I, and I think they'll do the same in, in the Munster final, from enough next week against uh, against Cork. The interesting thing: so the game wasn't great. So what did we learn from Kerry? What 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 did we see something different from, from Peter King? One of the big, and it was his team selections big thing in goals Shane Ryan is back in goals so they've kind of put that one to bed and I expected that to happen that, that Shane Ryan would come back instead of Fitzgibbon we're talking about the Ulster champion how important and we're talking about Stephen Cluckson last week the role of the goalkeeper is in his kickouts Shane Ryan has played in big games and all and finances he's done really well against Dublin in terms of retention of his kickouts and stuff like that so it's good to see him back and I expect to see him there for the rest of the season then you start getting into. Jesus, Paul Murphy and Tyga Morty still aren't playing. I think Paul Murphy's their captain. He's one of their, an absolute leader for them. There's no two ways about build it. And he's going to bring a brilliant player for them. But he's not playing him. Darren Moynihan's obviously injured and playing a full forward. So the most obvious thing, if you're looking at it from, from Cajun you go, well, who's the next best forward? You say, well, Killian Svillane is obviously the man to go in there, a full forward. But he doesn't pick him either. He plays Michal Burns, who's absolutely not a full forward he's coming out the pitch. Instead of Paul Murphy, he's playing Mike Brain and, and Gavin White. So when, well, why is he doing that? When, if you're thinking, look from the outside, then you go, there are the obvious changes. And if, what he's doing it's a very set style of play. He's playing Gavin White, he's playing Mike Breen and he's playing Thomas O'Sullivan attacking more and more because he knows Kerry are going to play against the blanket defence. Tipperary put 15 guys back and we touched on how Cavan struggled against Tyrone. And, and Dublin, we had this for years and we had two of the best in the business in Jack McCaffrey and James McCarthy. When you're playing against a blanket defense, the only way to beat it, you either move the ball exceptionally fast and very, very slick. So no touches. You're not soling the ball up your arse and thinking, I've loads of time in the ball. I'll pass to someone else. You're kicking the ball very crisply. You're handling is as quick. Or you're runners. But you have real pace, angle runs that have Tipperary of 15 guys back you have Gavin White, who is an absolute speed merchant, or Thomas an absolute speed merchant. Those guys are saying that's how we're going to break the blanket defense. Ideally, Kerry would love to kick the ball in 40 yards, Sean O'Shea and David Clifford inside. You can't really do that when there's 15 guys, temporary players inside the round 45. Peter King sees this and he's got to see it against Cork in the Monster Final. He's going to see it against Dudley or Tyrone, or okay, maybe or Matt whoever they play, the Ulster winners, the they all are in the All-Iran semi-final. And they play Dublin. Dublin can play that way just as good as anyone in terms of their defensive setup. So he knows we need to be able to break down these numbers. That's why Paul Murphy told him earlier in playing. That's why he's got Gavin White, is kind of coming to the fore, and you can see it. Classic example for their first goal. Tipperary had fifteen guys back. Tip, tip, um, carrier just passed the ball back and forth, and we had, like I said, we had this with McCaffrey. It was a joy to play with him because Gavin White breaks through four guys. Breaks through the first four, punches a hole, he probes through the first line of Tipperary's defense. And even though they have 15 guys back in their own 45, now there's absolute panic. So his pace and his angle one breaks through the next line of that blanket defense, all come out to meet him because they're like shit. Now there's, there's panic. And you're thinking, how in God's name is David Clifford on his own on the 13 yard line when they have, they have 15 players inside their own 45, how is the best forward in the country? standing on his own on the 13. The reason being is Gavin White's pace and the angle runs of him and, and Brain and O'Sullivan, that causes the the, other, the next line of Tipperary's defence, the five or six players to run out to him because like, shit, go to the ball. And he just pops it off the cliff for the goal. And in that, the game is gone. It's one to a point after the first water break. Forget about it. Move on to the next match. But that's that's why Peter Keane was playing that style of playing. That's why, as, as good as Paul Murphy He's probably unlikely to see him start in this game. That's, Kerry are going to face that style of play. We faced it for five, six years With Every team we played again, Barmeo played that style against us. So having those runners from deep, and that's that's an important thing. And the flip side as well, up front, we talked last year and we talked to the start of this pod, Kerry playing, there's no point in playing the six best forwards in the team because there's no balance there. You're not going to get the best out of the players. Yourself and Andy, our roles were nearly, in our own careers, was moving and creating space for other guys to do it. Kerry, if you're looking Killian's Bland surely going to start he's the, the shark shooter no Mihal Burns not a full forward but he's coming out with Paddy Clifford going kind of staying out they're doing the donkey work and they're leaving Sean O'Shea and David Clifford in close to goal Sean O'Shea's wearing number 11 but he's playing inside with Clifford that's the double act to get them on it and Peter Keane is banking on that those two guys out of our six forwards are going to shoot us to the other ireland not six of the best forwards because they just won't work together and that's why Neha Burns and Potty Clifford and these guys and Darren will come back in. That's the key, key role they're playing. And Potty Clifford, to be fair, was playing it really, really well. Whereas traditionally, and we challenged the very first podcast, we spoke about what we want to see from Carrington the We want to see a forward game plan and not just playing six forwards, doing their own thing and, and hoping David Clifford shoots the lights out. There's a really set style in how they're attacking from their defence. They've got the goalkeeper in who's going to be looking for those kickouts to, kick to the pockets to David Moore and Derner O'Connor. And you've seen their forward line, they're banking on the two boys inside to shoot the lights out, and the link players of Burns, if he's still there, if their mind is still injured, and and Party Clifford. So that was the only thing you learned from Kerry at the weekend. They're preparing for that blanket defense and they're using that pace. And it worked to treat them. the goal, was just a classic example of how to break down that blanket defense.
1: The 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 goal itself was, was very interesting. And going back to the, the structures and what you need to get used to as well. So you've Connor Bow making a debut for Tip, he cuts in off the left takes a right foot shot, drops a short into the keeper's hand, right, they do not, they get one-two, so they get that goal, Clifford's basically, first touch is driving into the top corner, and then they get two points straight after, the game, as Paddy said there, the game's over, and it's all from, him dropping it into the goalie's hands, the ball being attacked, like just as Paddy's just explained so, so well, right, move from right to left, Gavin White comes through, gets Clifford in, okay, and then they do the high press on the kick out one, there's a high press on the kick out two, 1-2 scored, the game is over. Yep. So, like the, the, you're on about qualities and different things. Te- you, you learn fairly quick when you're playing the likes of Dublin and Kerry that if you drop the ball and like I, I said it I think in the pod before in 2019, I, I found myself getting blocked for the first time really and I was just like, can't be getting blocked here. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. No, you're, you're getting blocked or you're getting, you're, you're dropping the ball into the keeper's hands. You're, you're, you're in a bit of bother. So it's a great lesson for both. That's again, going back to the thing, you can't, you can't replicate that until you're in there and you're playing and then you get through it. But on Kerry, I thought uh, the, the, the forward, uh, the, it's something that I looked at as well. The forward division is very interesting. It's 2-2. Two, two. And then Ganey and uh, Stephen O'Brien, the last day are nearly making a four in the middle of the field. Now, I think Ganey's the most interesting one, if I'm being honest, because a I really like. I, I like him as an inside forward. I studied his game quite a lot. But at the 12, if you're looking at it, you're thinking, what are they doing with him? Yeah. There, must, there must be back in slightly that at some stage uh, Sean, Shea, Sean O'Shea and David Clifford is going to get taken out and mm. then his man might be the one to drop in but you can't leave Ganey free because he'll kick four or five yeah. so there must be thinking at some stage because he's not going to win multiple breaks he'll get mm. a few assists in around the place um, he'll do okay but he's not one of those big high runners and and I don't think Kerry are going to go where they play Micheal Burns in Ganey's position and the play Moyne and were at full forward I don't think they're going to go there so I think they're going to stick with Ganey um, which is very interesting so it's a 2-2 two, two, and then maybe a 4 with the two midfielders and Ganey and Stephen O'Brien so it's interesting there I think they'll play Murphy, Paddy if I'm being honest I, think I don't think uh, mm, they're going to be beat- with the, without Murphy, so yeah. that's, that's going to be interesting to, to watch. It's something that I wouldn't have thought of uh, really, because I just thought Murphy comes back in. But it'll mm. be very very interesting to see that over the next couple of weeks. But, 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 but
2: on that Andy, I, I definitely think he, Gini will play in that role, and I, I, I do. I agree, which we touched on one of the earlier pads as well. It, it's not his natural position, but they've they've stuck with it all year. He's he's going to be there. He's going to be moving forward. I think that's a challenge for him and I'm thinking if Dublin hat on it, if Paul Geen isn't moving forward, you're challenging him going that way. All the time. Abs- absolutely. And that's the, <laughs> try and ring Jack McCaffrey and get him to come back if he can. That's <laughs> not going to happen. He, mightn't be, he but, mightn't be the only one getting a call. Yeah, yeah, I'm still waiting on my phone. Desi must have lost my number. Um but, um but no, I, I think, I definitely think he's going to play. Absolutely, because they, they've done it all season um, and, and you're right, maybe, they, maybe they're banking that at some stage, this is going to develop into a shootout later in the season, and that's where Gini can come into his own. But but on the flip side, I'd worry about it going the other way against it's not going to matter. It hasn't won the title of the championship, it's not going to matter against Cork in, in the most final. But we're talking about um say say they play at Tyrone and, and Gini's all of a sudden he's marking, you know, uh Connor Myler plays wing back and he's just sprinting up and down the pitch. That's not gonna help him. So yeah, that's all you could take from that game. Was like Tipperary came, damage invitations. That was fine. Wasn't a great game to watch. But what did we learn from Kerry? And yeah. there's definitely things in the selection, what he's trying to do, and certainly their, their, their style of play up front. The full forward mm-hmm. is not going to be the full forward for Kerry, yep. either it's mine Henry, or me. i Burns going to be like coming out to link it with Potty Clifford. So we,
0: we have a question about Potty Clifford that I'm going to save for next week. So I've got it saved there. But we do have a question in about one of the Kerry forwards. It's from Tom O'Connor. I know he was in sample at the weekend. And I'm going to start with you. Because I don't want Patty to think it's a loaded question. But yeah. as forwards, how did the lads <laughs> deal with defenders looking to get them booked? Question mark. Clifford targeted and he obviously got oh, booked. Sorry. That's not the first time. Well, we've why, seen that it,
1: why why would you think it's targeted at Patty?
2: This is a wind-up. Who sent that question? In? T- Tom O'Connor. I can show you it. Is he from
1: some Scary's hair? He's
0: a mead man. He's a good. He's from Ashburn. Yeah. If, you, if you can call it mead. For the
2: for the for the openness and honesty and clarity of the pod, I told you I'm not exactly confused about playing playing uh, club football this season. So I was playing a game on on Saturday night. This is my. <laughs> 17th year this is like my 17th season eight. playing senior football with you have playing to in in, se- but
1: some of them was as a back you have to put
2: in that some, of them <laughs> so some of them was a back so they don't count 17 years playing and I've never been sent off in my life One once with Dublin and we touched on last week the Bernard Brogan thing back in, back in the day so playing there number 11 I'm old I'm finished <laughs> like, I'm <serious. laughs> I'm, I don't really want to be there I can't really do the stuff I used to be able to do but anyway kind of going on set it forward Hit three points in the first half and kind of Life. doing all right. Um, but I'm kind of carrying the ball a lot just the side of the game. And you know this, those lads literally half my age, little shitheads. <laughs> so I carried the ball and pop it off. And then three seconds later, a young lad would come in and hit me a late hit. And it'd be a bit of lip. Oh, you're finished. You're finished. Oh, I know I'm finished. You don't need to tell me that. <laughs> so this happens once, happens twice. happens. And I'm just getting taken on. I don't need this I, Look, at the end of the road just let me enjoy the sunshine and if I kick a couple of scores so anyway coming down the sideline just before half time carrying the ball and I can just see this fella's got a he's going to absolutely bury me so I popped the ball off There's railings along the side of the pitch thing like kind of those for support of Selena the man comes in and he's trying to bury me into the railings this little fella he's half my age so I just Leo's got right not having this so I tried to some I think it's like a clothesline or a rock bottom if you remember them from the WWF days get him on, uh, throw him off me and then I turn around and sure, all oh, hell is breaking loose. There's about three more scary lads coming in and I was like, right, I'm going to throw my first punch here since the mid-90s. <laughs> that was in Coppers. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's from Coppers. I'd say, I did more damage to my hand than to your man's head. Any he, but sure, I do that just as say, I'm not having this. Fuck I'm throwing him a scalp here. <laughs> and then about 30 <laughs> lads come in and there's a big brawl and sure enough, the ref was over. What? He got close to me. What's your name? And him talking to me, for all whole match the ref. I was captain for a trosser, please chat. And I'm loving the pod, he said. <laughs> <laughs> no, he <laughs> didn't. No, he didn't. Yeah, at so, the start. Because the scary. I know it was the scary captain. It wasn't, Brian Cullough wasn't playing. He goes, oh, how's the pod going? It's very really good. Blah, blah, blah. He comes over and goes, what's your name? And I was like, oh, fucks." Paddy Andrews, I knew he was gone. Red card. First red card for Brisbane in like, 17 years. Just walked off the pitch in disgust. It's like, that's, it's a sad way to wrap it up, isn't it? when you um, reach the end, with all your God so, it, 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 so there it, it, you go Yeah, targeted target you'll be back you'll be guys. back
0: for championship Andy were you ever sent off that.
1: once uh, we, we, we got the,
2: <laughs> once <laughs> once and he moves on
1: Yeah. Well, no no respect no, for the may, older guys you, anyway. you'd be like the Premier say. League fellas do you know the fellas that get sent off for the last two or three league games for you you know know Christmas, Christmas <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I got back for the family
2: barbecue in
1: Ohio, half seven it was no, great uh, did I, I got sent off against cross once yeah we got a good buddy Paddard Gardner is probably running too much but yeah so those uh, but, <laughs> but, but they, they um yeah so to answer the question like it's it, it's it's something that you have to do de- like I suppose you have to be ready mm. for it. like if like you're American Johnny Cooper you're American um uh, not American to be fair because he wasn't like that but if you were American Lee. At who
2: Lee Keegan
1: yeah Lee Keegan Tom yeah. Sullivan Ryan McMenham Connor Gormley these guys like McNamee, all them guys, they're all looking for, they're not looking, they're not going to try to get you to send off. They're trying to look for a reaction. And even if you give them a reaction to, um, like that is not a sending off offense, okay, they know what they have you. So basically you have to kind of train yourself. It's through experience. Um, I remember like, like we got a great experience with because when you used to be playing that great Tyrone team and you used to be American like, yeah. with like uh, and Gormley, Oh, lads, they were tortured. Like, like, they were, like they pull like the piss out you. Like, like, we used to have these calls with John Mar- Morrison, so you'd call it the inverted triangle or the tri- or the diamond or something. And the boys would be like, you know, they make you feel like you're showing <laughs> show you, it. Like, they'd be like, what are they going to go for next? You know, the pearl diamond? Or, oh, this is classic Morrison. So they'd know Morrison and they'd know that sort yeah. of thing. So uh, I suppose you get a good education early. You Do you know what,
2: uh, on it, Andy, and it's interesting, I don't think there's much of that anymore. Not anymore, no. I don't think there's much. There's, look, there's still physicality. But I remember like, like Tyrone would have been kind of, got a bad rep for it. But even we would have played Tyrone obviously a lot. I don't think the chat is as much no. anymore. I remember back when I, definitely when I started, when we were playing Manning, this is like the late 90s, and Man In and Tyrone and stuff, it was all, oh, Jesus, it was like, if you mic'd up the lads, it actually some of it was quite funny now, but there was a lot of back and forth. I think a lot of teams now they don't really go in for the, the verbs. I mean, there's definitely, there's late hits and there's pulling and dragging and stuff like that, but like for my own point of view, and I know you've would been similar, Andy, I never said a word on the pitch no. to opposition at all. Now, I wasn't good enough to be targeted anyway, so, so I was getting off lightly compared to Brogan or Conley or these guys, but I would never, and, and I know a lot of our guys would just never speak on the pitch. If someone's giving me a lip or anything, like I say, it's quite rare now anyway, mm. or they're giving me digs and things, you just keep moving. As a forward, I would always just be on the move. If someone's pulling and dragging you, and Clifford's obviously him between himself and probably Conor O'Callum, who's my high profile, but uh, they're, they're going to get their fill of it. You just I, need to keep yeah. on the move and you don't get involved in it because, like really, Andy says, once you give a reaction, you're, you're taking away from the whole game. You're losing focus. And, and But there's probably creeping in. Guys are starting to go down a bit easier and things like that. If you react, you could end up being sent off. And you're talking about, we're, we're saying Peter Keane's game plan essentially what they're carrying banking on is Clifford and Mache shooting them to the other ireland Imagine one of them gets a red card.
0: Thing thing is though, and I'm sure defenders would know that. There's no point talking to Paddy Andrews; you're not going to get a reaction out of him. But I can imagine they're thinking Connolly's going to react, or Broken might yeah, react, man. or they're looking at certain players. I mean, never David Clifford, was the
2: yeah, Unfortunately, players,
0: David Clifford, and I think he was let down by the umpires against Tyrone a couple of years ago. He got sent off for reacting. He got sent off in a club match for reacting. The, the lad is targeted a lot. Like, so he got booked at the weekend. Now, Kieran Donahue wrote in his book that he would love it when this happened. Because when the defender is booked, there's much more likely the challenge. He'd be starting him himself. Him. He probably was. <laughs> he probably was starting himself. So, is there anything in particular you can do? Like, we knew when Murphy was coming on at the weekend that they were going to have a plan. They were going to nail him physically. I don't know what you're doing hitting Michael Murphy because you're not going to do much damage to him. But, do you know, like, is there right. anything you can do? Or...
1: For me, it was all his focus and to be to know that it's going to happen. So any time I was unfocused, then I could get involved in. It. Um, but again, it's going in, feeling it, see, seeing where you are. The, the hardest thing a cornerback back can do for the likes of me and Paddy now is go up the pitch and score. Oh man, mm-hmm. do you know what I'm saying? So you go up the pitch, you score. They're one up on you. You're the forward. That that's tough. With the Northern boys, and they used to, so McMenamin used to go up and score like, and he used to always score. Oh, he'd give it well, to He'd be him. yapping. Oh, he'd be yapping. <laughs> it was a, I was a young cop. I couldn't deal with this at all. It took me years to, to get used to it. But when you get used to it and you um, don't, learn how not to react, the power then is with you. The power then mm-hmm. is with you. You score a point. You say nothing to the opposition. You just go and stand beside them. You get the boys ready again and you'll see them melting beside you. But it's... It, t- it takes a bit of time too. I
2: yeah. tell you, people are not going to believe us. me and Andy say we never spoke and we can't finish a podcast in less than two hours. And we never shut up. But, yeah. but genuinely, on, on, on the pitch, yeah, the verbal side of things, like I think from experience of recent years, that that's kind of died off anyway. There's definitely still the yeah. physical element where guys are pulling and dragging and things like that. The way they that, just got to keep on the move. Just keep on the move and that takes them out of their comfort zone. And I, I have to say, the fence of David Clifford. He is... The most high-profile forward in the mm. country. He's getting a lot of this. Oh, yeah. It is up to so in his defence, he has to put up with this in every single game he plays for cornerback on in American David Clifford. That's I need, I need to try and take him out of his comfort zone. So defend Clifford in that regard, uh, and, and look, he, he's he's a big boy. He's a his experienced despite his age. He's already unbelievable experience. I'd say he's been dealing with this since he was about. 30 yeah, of even he in minor games, obviously. So. But it, it just, he needs to be careful. and That's, like Andy says, the focus side of things. If Kerry's yeah. going to win the All-Ireland, he needs to be on the pitch. Same for Sean O'Shea, but it's inevitable, particularly as you get into the bigger games now. All the forwards, all the top forwards have to deal with this. There's nothing new in it. So, yeah. there's a learning thing for so, so, for me, even at 33, I have to learn now to keep cool head. Now.
0: Yeah, look, it, you, you, you'll you be back in time for championship, I'm sure. No, no, hopefully. So no. It's a
2: three-month three suspension, I'm hoping for.
0: we're, we're about we're about an hour and 20 minutes in here to the podcast lads and I haven't mentioned Mead once so right. Paddy, I think Jeez. the two of are going to be in Crow Park
1: at the weekend. We're going to be covering for off the ball. I think, uh, hey, Paddy, 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 we have to pull him on that. I think he was trying to sign Eric Clowns before the game. Was in. Well, Sorry, yeah, I haven't message me, but can, can we, we please get Dean
2: Rock and, and Eric Clowns? We'll, yes,
0: will so Dublin have? Will Dublin have twenty-six players to talk this weekend? Can you give us the inside line here? Do they have enough players for that That is
2: a, a wide up that
0: question. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what is going on? Eric Clowns, the eightieth medal. I said seventy-six last week. Eric Clowns and his four Ireland medals have walked out of Dublin panel. There has to be something going on.
2: Yeah, I don't think there is. Interesting. I'm surprised. I'm surprised, but Eric Lowndes one does surprise me. Whatever about, about Stephen kind of Stephen's twenty years on the clock, he's kind of looking take time himself. Jack McCaffrey and Paul Manuel earlier just mentally, they both mm. look. We know that. Yeah. to Eric Lowndes is, is a surprising one, and the reason being is if you look at Dublin's half and so Lowndes he's been there in the panel for a number of years, like. We thought the full forward line was hard to get into initially. If you're looking at Dublin's half-back line, Jack McCaffrey, Keno Sullivan and James McCarthy. that's one of the best half-back lines ever. And these guys were all at the top of, their, top of their game. Then you had John Small coming in as like a man marker in there. So for Leonzie, it's a very difficult position to try and get game from. You're, you're just, look, no matter what you do, you're not going to get into the team ahead of those guys. So to do those, the, the last five, six, seven years, he's been on the panel and a brilliant kind of team member mccarthy has gone to midfield, McCaffrey's hung up the boots, Keanu Sullivan's hung up the boots, John Small is injured. All of a sudden, there, there's real opportunities to play in that half-back line. So, so it's just very surprising. It's one of the most surprising, more so than Jack and... Uh, he didn't and, get and, selected and,
1: against Wexford, uh, Paddy D. I, 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 I think he might I
2: think have even been gone before that. I think it's probably only going kind to of come out now, but...
1: but you both- it is a, you know, it's a surprising player, one. Yeah, yeah, like, it is. You can see there, and I, I know he, Desi went with McDade, and I think he yeah. named he named Le Hiff at five or something. Mm. I know he mm. was probably never going to play Lehip at five, but mm. it was probably just uh, he could probably sense it a train at training a bit. Lehip goes if Lehip was going to play, McCarthy probably would have went back to five or six. Yeah. Small coming back, Merchant coming back, Cooper coming back, and he was probably just gone. You know, something, it, it might
2: be time, you know? Do you know, and, and, it can, and it can be as simple as that. And to be honest, I'd say it probably is. It's just, you spend a lot of time, like I say, the commitment and the tons of the things. If, if you're not getting the game time, that's it's hard going. And like say, when you take an avenue might open up and you don't get in, it's kind of like, Jesus, maybe, maybe, and, and I don't know, I haven't spoke to Eric on it. Uh,
1: and were you saying the, he was you you were saying he was Desi's captain of 21s, was he? I think yeah, he, he would have been would have played with Desi
2: underage and stuff like that. And I think he was captain of a minor of the 21 team. So I know for myself when Jim Gavin took over from Pat Gilroy, I played, I was captain with Jim and played under 21 with him. I knew I was kind of like, This guy knows me, he, he's gonna believe me, he's gonna give me an opportunity. I'm sure Eric was kind of thinking that, and then last season. Yeah. Robbie McDade plays every game at wing-back and you're kind of thinking, he's nearly leapfrogged in a way and that can be hard. So it be, yeah. it's a surprising one just with the timing because like you see, the way it's kind of panned out with guys injured and guys stepping away, he probably would have played. He definitely would have got some sort of game time uh, throughout the rest of the season. So, yeah, an interesting one. What can but, we do? Uh, do I think Dublin will have 26? I think they will, yeah. I
1: think they'll be safe. Just that day, just...
2: Yeah, yeah, it's my birthday and I have to spend it with Tommy Rooney doing commentary. What age are
1: you? Thirty-four.
2: No, he's only thirty-two, isn't he? 30, Thirty-three on Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. you're That's getting like, on all right. What, yeah, uh, back to me getting sent off if you're over thirty in a club game. Let's just leave him. <laughs> That's half your age hitting the digs. Uh, Those like, uh, lads are out apparently in Saint William Street later that night. I'm going home to have an ice bath. You know, look uh, after well, the older boys. Hey,
1: we, we were playing Bellmonit, you know. And there was a young guy on it last. There was on the under twenties last year that uh, a coach like he was. He, he was in for trial and stuff. Great lad. And he turns up to me halfway through the game because we we're too old. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> he was there. You're his
2: coach. You're his I, coach. I, I was
1: like, uh, uh, Yeah. Tell like me you dropped him. him. That guy uh, should
2: never play again. Uh, he had
1: funny. We were good on about it, you know. And, uh, <laughs> but I was like I know I know I'm, I'm yeah eight. exactly
2: you're, you're not telling me anything new, pal
0: before I ask you for your predictions for the Leinster semi-finals at the weekend Andy we have time for your moan of the week and I would I would say <laughs> that if the penalty shootout last night went a certain way your moan of the week would have been penalty shootouts in the GA because the Mayo under 20s bet go away last night in the penalty shootout but your team had lost the previous year in the penalty mm-hmm. shootout to go away
1: yeah it was it did, like UShin actually USHIN Mullen actually missed the penalty uh, would you believe um but I just think it's horrible. It, it really is horrible. Like all we sitting at home there, Tony gill uh, who's the captain, uh, outrageously good footballer, and a few of them guys, and they're sitting at home there today. They're out of the championship after a penalty shootouts. Like you're on about back doors, and you're not. But if you draw, like we're not in that much of a rush with under twenties that there has to be penalty shootouts in in game one. Um, and like we were at the back end of it last year. Um, it was an unbelievable game in a storm last year and they ended up going to extra time, another period of extra time and to penalties. Guys nearly had a hypothermia on the pitch. It was February 8th. It was, it was brutal stuff. And last night, I just think it's very unfair for, again, trying to promote the game or marketing the game here that we, we want to get through. And for them goalie boys to be sitting at home this morning out of the championship by losing, to pe- <laughs> losing <laughs> in penalties like it's just like would a replay like if they turn around to them under 20s and said lads it's Tuesday evening replays on Saturday evening can you play yes we can let's go yeah. and, and I think there was I think there was a moment before the Jared Burns or something did he go in and stop a penalty shootout before or something no it was the it was
0: the I'm going to get it wrong here I think it was the Derry chairman Actually okay. stepped okay. on. It could have been the Antrim. Cha- it was the Antrim chairman. Thing. I'm getting it wrong. One of the chairmen up 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 the north stepped in and said, "We're not. We're not doing this."
1: Yeah, um, and I I remember that. I was just <laughs> a very. I just think it's very very peculiar thing to do. And um, listen, it's it's penalties. It's a bit of a moan Listen, I'm the old man. He, said, he gave him 30 minutes at the start of the pod to moan about the yeah, construction. Yeah. Two moans of the week. And he, tell still, you, Patty, he still says he's
2: not a moaner.
1: You know your true. penalty that you're on about, right? Do you know the, the one that's? that's I never want to see a penalty shoot. With you. No, but no benefit but can come from you. this shootout, right? So the young lad from Knockmore, okay, watch it. Like if you can go on Twitter and watch it, okay. Yeah. And he, like it's the seventh or eighth penalty. Like they only miss one each, I think. And this guy now has to go around and take a second penalty. Can you imagine scoring the first penalty and saying? i have uh, take another one
2: Penenka you have to Penenka to no, no. what are you yeah, right.
1: keeper throws it away on him right keeper throws it away on him he used to walk 20 yards with the pen to get the ball he makes the keeper wait and he puts it into the top bins I oh, swear. God. it's a two in it Harry Maguire it's Harry Maguire. Maguire broke the camera yeah it's a beautiful penalty tell score me of the, score of the week are we going no score of the week yeah well like I'm picking
0: that that Armad ladies goal that I sent on to you yesterday Amy Macken's oh, ball yes, in it's what a dream it. of a pass why, what are you going for? Are you going for one of McCurry's points?
2: I would go... Any one of Kieran Ke- McFall's points. Oh, yeah. O'Shean Langan. If you look just... for, Sorry, not O'Shean Langan,
0: Michael Langan.
2: Michael Langham. Mike. Michael Langen, yeah. Mike, don't know if O'Shean could do that now. No, I don't think so. Twice before half-time, uh, Johnny Garner on the ropes before the three or four points down. He yes. gets one ball on his right on his left, on his his left, right foot, sorry, 40 yards out, kicks it over the bar. Next play gets it on his left foot, same goal, 40 minutes out, kicks. Two phenomenal scores. And that game was full of them, like say McFaul's points and, and his points nine out on and got a couple of great ones. But look, that's it has to be McPurdy. Like he's 40 meters out. He's had a he's had a poor game, hasn't really got a sniff off McCabe. McCaig is still on him. It's not like McCabe has switched off and completely lost, and he's still there. Shots in the red. Even if that's a free kick or a mark, that is a difficult kick to take on. And yeah. you add in the, the time of the game the game McBrearty had had and the fact that it's from play and it's on the line. What a score. If there's a better one all round in this year's championship, I think you'd be doing well. So I love Amy Mack's pass, for goal, and I've seen him kind of trending on Twitter, which is great to see. But but for me, Clifford's goal was obviously very good. <laughs> what literary, a rocket. I, I have a feeling Clifford's probably going to get a lot of these scores of the week. So I'm, I'm going to go with McBrearty. I just thought for the whole package, one it's kept only girl season alive, you know. I, I, be like, big just,
1: just, just on the Amy Mackin thing, there's a there's a few clips of her on YouTube playing with Jordanstown. It's it's definitely worth checking out. It's ridiculous stuff what you're doing in terms of the dummy playing. It's it, mm. it's great to watch, but her pass is sensational. Um But I, I was thinking Clifford and McPirrie, they were the two for me. Uh Special mention with Paddy Cassidy isn't it? Number five for Derry yeah. What a performance, what a performance, how can I, he, he couldn't walk on Monday, what a bit of running, he was He was sensational, but um, yeah, I would go, you have to go MacBirty for the score that was in it, the week that was in it, the game that was in it, the first challenge the, the the summer, first right game of the summer, brilliant score. Come here, actually,
2: I scored a great point in my club game, the first point I got, now we're not, I'm not sure if it's on Twitter or end, but it was actually a really, really good score, but I think McBearty will just nick it for me.
1: We need to link it up, we need to link it up, Pat. We need to get some
2: video, some video footage. I something it's yeah. out there
1: somewhere. It's in yeah, the you, got,
2: you got sent off. You blew
0: it after that. Last yeah, one. No, yeah. Last one. Okay. I wanted to spend half an hour today talking about what mead need to do to beat Dublin, but you didn't give me anything Jesus last week. Christ. So I'll annoy the head of you on Sunday about it in Crow Park. Yeah, happy birthday. Give, give me give give me the score prediction. How much do you think Dublin are gonna beat me by this weekend? Talk up the dubs.
2: I'm expecting a really big performance from Dublin. They're back in Crow Park. And I like, say the, the performance against Wexford was not of the standard that they would have liked and what we're used to seeing from Dublin. I think they would have been smartened by that. And I like, say the focus outside the camp for the last probably 10 days has been kind of Stephen Cluxon. And now, obviously, with Eric Lyons kind of stepping away, the Dublin players are absolutely going to be annoyed and frustrated with themselves how they played against Wexford. I'm expecting a big performance. What's from the score? On, Give me the score, to the margin. I think Dublin will win. Comfortably, okay. Didn't give me a number, Andy. Oh, can you narrow... Eight, eight to ten. Points. Eight to ten,
1: Andy. Yeah, yeah. There... you're
2: just you're just trying to create headlines here. Jeez, I, am, yeah. nice. I, I, think, I am, yeah. Uh,
1: I think I think that's the team Dublin are now. I think they're like they didn't concede a goal last year, but like Joe Barr that me trimming everything else was kind of balanced and it was it was okay. But yet there were five ten point hammerings. Um Yeah. And I think that's just the majority, that's the way teams go. So you see a Kerry team now, you even see a young Mio team and they'll go and they'll try to drill a team and get five or six goals. Where Dublin is just all composed, 75, 80% possession, kick five or six points, get to 21, 22 and the other team get to about 12 or 13. I think that's what it's going to be.
0: Who do you expect Dublin then will be playing in the Leinster final?
1: I think Kildare. I yeah. think Westmead,
2: what's Westmead, what's we like... They were a brilliant second half against Leash. I think Leash could have helped them, obviously, yeah. and had that finished up for Mike Cork. Um, and Andy, I know you watched Westmead in the flesh in the National League and were impressed with their organisation and things like that, but I think Kildare have a bit of momentum now. I think that win and getting promoted out to Division 1, beating Mead and, and Newbridge that day was a big win for them. Um, I expect Jack O'Connor will have those guys ready to rock. Um, and I, I expect Kildare, I expect last final of, of Kildare against Dublin, Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, same. Um, I think Westmead are just caught between two stools a tiny bit. They went really 12-13 behind the ball with Mayo and did really, really well. Uh, but then they went all out and kind of tried to open it up. And when they opened it up against Cork, yes, they scored hugely themselves, but they conceded hugely. And with Flynn, the Flynn's coming through the middle there. The pace, lads, is just insane. So yeah. I expect Kildare to take the chances. I expect Kildare to win, but it would not surprise me if Westmead snuck it. Yeah.
0: Thanks very much, lads. That's episode ten of the football pod. Paddy I know you've got a very busy week ahead with your appeal. You're lodging an appeal against that red card. So I'm not no,
2: you... <laughs> if you launch an appeal and you lose, does it get extended? The... <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Leave That's it, it. I'll ring John Castle. Right. Episode ten I, of the I football definitely pod. It.
0: We'll be chatting more in depth about the Ulster semi finals and the Lancer semi-finals next week. We'll have two provincial finals to look forward to. Yes. So hit subscribe to the football pod with Paddy and Andy, and we'll be back with you next Wednesday. Cheers, boys. Thanks, lads.
2: You're Sunday, Tommy. Take it easy, Andy. Bye-bye.